1: 136th episode of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am Floyd Johnson. I will be your quarterback today because Austin is out busy at work. He's a busy man with busy things to do. But with me today, filling in for Austin or actually playing the role of me today will be our frequent collaborator and guest host, Mr. J.R. Perez, how are you doing today, Jr.?
2: You know, sometimes you got to come in with a hot tag, and I got the hot tag, you know, and come in, and I'm going to do a Rock and Roll Express, you know, powder, and go out the door.
1: So, we're not the only part, uh... We're not the only group uh, facing replacements uh, this week. AEW has had somewhat of a COVID outbreak. That's going to be our big news of the week. But before we get into that, we want to make sure you're downloading the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Please lay, leave a rating review if you're so inclined. You can leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. Please support us by following at atelitepod at Social Suplex at Austin Sumowitz, that's S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z and at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. JR, give them the Twitter that you would like them to follow.
2: Well, you can find me on Twitter and my Twitter handle is at Lucha Professor. That is at Lucha Professor. Um, long story short, I love wrestling. I am a college professor. So that's how I get Lucha Professor. And I talk about a lot of stuff, try to be try to keep positive, Try you know, do what I need to do to change the world for the better. So, if you want to come hear my hear my nonsense, come follow me at Lucha Professor.
1: All right, but
2: before we
1: start the show, I'm just going to talk about we're going to talk about our weekends. How was your weekend, Jr.
2: Oh man, it was terrible. I got food poisoning and uh, wasn't happy about it. I was in bed all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Monday. Nothing happened. Today was the first day I, I was finally able to get out of bed. So, yeah. Food poisoning is one of the worst things you can get because of how it just takes you out. All right,
1: and that sucks. Uh, I mean, I was dealing with JR. I was talking to JR, and he just wasn't feeling good all week. Uh, we didn't really talk as much because me, my weekend was mostly great. I was in New Orleans for the New Orleans Fan Expo. Uh, if you, some of you may know at Floyd Johnson Jr., if you follow me, I'm not only a wrestling fan, but I am a fan of all things pop culture, including comic books, TV shows, movies. Well, I like to go to comic cons. So my friend asked me did I want to go to New Orleans to meet Mr. Anthony Mackie, uh, who you may know as Falcon uh, from Captain America: uh, Two Winter Soldier, or uh, from or the new Captain America from. What is now called Captain America and the Winter Soldier TV show. So, Mr. Anthony Mackie, some of you may know him as Papa Doc from 8 Mile with Eminem. Or, uh, yeah, but mostly he is world famous for being Captain America. So, I went down to New Orleans this weekend. Of course, if anyone's went to New Orleans, one of the best cities to go to if you want to eat uh eat uh just go around the cities and streets and all that stuff it's always busy always fun i went there we met some people i got there friday night so saturday is the our first day i met uh Javika Leslie uh, J- uh, excuse me I said it I realized I was saying her name wrong for the long time it's Javicia Leslie she is Batwoman and then I knocked something off the old bucket list I met WWE Hall of Famer And sci-fi icon, Mr. William Shatner. Uh, That was basically, I got pictures with both of them that was fun. On the William Shatner picture, there was a divider because of COVID. So if you see the picture on my Twitter, it looks like we're in two different rooms. Boom. Uh, Javisha was amazing. She did not have a divider. And I also met Jesse T. Usher. Now, Jesse T. Usher, I imagine most of you know him as A-Train from uh, the hit show, The Boys. I met him. He is super nice. I found out he's just in so much other stuff. Like, uh, there's a show called Survivors Remorse. He's in that show, and uh, and of course, me, the boy, I best know him is he was John Shaft the third. Which is uh, John Shaft the Third on the new movie Shaft? So uh, you can definitely check that out. it was, it came out during the pandemic, so it's not really new. But yeah, I met them that day. Just had a really good day going through the conventions, going through uh, going to some of the um, what is it, the panels and things like that. It was really fun. Uh, we went and ate some food. Uh, I believe we went to Channon Tatum's restaurant. It's called Saints and Sinners. It's on. And then we went to Pat O'Brien's. Had some hurricanes. I got drunk for the first time, I'd say in a year. Uh, nope. I'd say two years. I haven't got drunk in a very long time. That We had a good time just walking through New Orleans a little inebriated. But Sunday, that's the main event. This is what I want to get out to. Uh, I want y'all to let you. Uh, the reason I got on here, I met Michael Rooker. Uh he was Yondu on uh Guardians of the Galaxy, Merle on Um Merle on the Walking Dead. I want you to appreciate wrestlers because something that happened Sunday with our uh, my, my meet and greet with Anthony Mackey has never and I doubt will ever happen with a wrestler. I paid my money for the meet and greet with Anthony Mackey. Uh first of all, uh took the picture, he had a divider. As JR will attest, we look like we're in two different rooms. It actually looks like two different pictures put together to make it look like one picture, but I swear I was right next to him. Uh, I went in and said hi to him. He just kind of smiled. He didn't really say hi back or anything. He didn't talk. And then when he smiled and took the picture, right? I'm a big I'm a big smiler, so I'm very happy when I take pictures. I understand that's how most pictures are when you just go take pictures. So I'm cool. I'm like, yeah, but I'm on gonna- the to get them when i go to the autograph session i had been thinking about all week what i was going to talk about there was this movie called 10 year it was like a little smaller movie he did even before captain america and the winter soldier i really loved it had channing tatum rosario dawson i mean it's kind of like a who's who of uh what would be the hollywood elite over the next 10 years uh even uh the Star Lord was in it. Uh, Chris Pratt was in it. So uh, a bunch of good actors in it. So I'm getting. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him about Ten Year. I know no one ever said. No one ever asked him about Ten Year. I know everybody's gonna be talking about Captain America. I'm gonna bring up this really obscure movie. So we get in line an hour before it's time to get in line, because you know what? I'm not missing my time, right? So we get in line and all of a sudden there's a VIP line in front of us. And when I tell you this line is moving fast, I've been to these things. You get 15 to 45 seconds, depending on how long it takes to sign your item and personalize your item to get through. So I'm seeing the people go in, out, in, out. I'm like, I mean, they're coming through and I'm like, oh, shit. And and you know that moment when you see something happening and your stomach starts tightening up? So they get through the VIP line in 15 minutes, probably 100 VIPs, right? Some of them had like five or 10 things for them to sign. So I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? We get around the corner. They have this like V section set out. So where you're like five feet away from them, and then they have people lined up in front of you. So this dude is literally, you hand your thing to someone with your ticket, and he's literally signing it and passing it. It's an assembly line. Like, I will tell you, the guy before me got a shield who, had got signed by a lot of people, and literally, uh, Anthony Mackie didn't even look up while signing the uh, shield, just didn't look up. So my pop gets up there, and I, and he just signs it without looking at it. So the guy before asked me, did I want to personalize? And I said, I want on your left, Right. That's the famous line for him. I'm very excited about that. And I know a lot of people are going to get it, but that's what I want on mine. He just signs it. I was like, it's supposed to be personalized. It's supposed to stay on your left. Oh, he's not doing personalizations. So why did the dude ask me what did I want on it? So yes, they signed it. I tell you when I get from the time I put my pop up there to the time I left the section, he did not even look up, did not acknowledge my presence. It I might as well just uh, drop the thing off. Uh, uh, might as well just dropped it off and came and picked it up later. Because my goal was to meet Anthony Mackey And I can honestly say, after spending that much money and going 10 hours, I did not meet Anthony Mackey. So when you go to these meet and greets and these wrestlers are nice and they're signing and they acknowledge you and they ask you everything, and I was like, please do not take that for granted because there is another world where I guess it's the A-list celebrity world where you can do a meet and greet with them and not actually meet them. So a lot of people were telling me why I was upset. A lot of people were telling me it was because of COVID. Okay, okay. Oh, it's because of COVID. So I go, I am forced to stay for the, I am forced to stay for uh, the, panel that he does my friend really wants to see this panel I'm pissed I don't give a crap about uh, Anthony Mackie at this point so we get there they tell us no hugs don't ask for shout outs blah 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 first person up there is a girl in Captain America uh, uh, in his Captain America suit with these automatic wings what is he the first thing he does JR he calls her up there and we does what gives her a hug so, obviously, COVID was not much of a concern. They just didn't want to do it that way. I, I wrote a nice, long, angry letter. And if I sound whiny to you, to all of you, okay, I can accept it. I was a little whiny. But understand, I drove 10 hours from Oklahoma City to New Orleans. I paid over $200 to meet Anthony Mackey, and that dude didn't even acknowledge my existence. If you think that's okay, hey, I'm a whiner. I don't think that's okay. JR, do you think that's okay?
2: Um, Yeah, that was a lot. And uh, I wouldn't be happy because I could tell you the biggest wrestling star in, my, in the history of professional wrestling, in my estimation, and I think the estimation of a lot of people, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I paid $200 for a photo with him. And I can honestly say I met Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Yeah, I think we met him at the same time in New Orleans, correct? <laughs> yes. Yes. So. Yes.
2: So the fact is that you paid $200, and you can honestly say that you still have not met Anthony Mackey. I would be pretty pissed, because if that happened to me with was, was Stone Cold Steve Austin, I would not be happy and be demanding my money back.
1: Yeah, so I am sending – I've done a lot of fan cons. I've done a lot of pictures. Uh, I post them all the time. So I just let them know. I, I sent a nice email. Not to be mean or anything, I sent an email to say uh, that I wasn't satisfied with the experience. I, I told, made sure I said I didn't want anything free. I don't want my money back. I'm just going to say if this is the experience going forward, if it's for COVID, I would like them to either let us know that that's how it's going to be so I can, you know, not go, right? Or, or give me my 10, 15 seconds i'm not asking for an hour conversation i did not think me and anthony matthew was going to be best friends but give me my 15 seconds just to say hi to him. i think i don't think that is an unrealistic ask do you do you jr and feel free to disagree with me
2: i agree with you 100%
1: yeah, so uh, I just wanted to go through that. I know people tune in this show. They didn't want to hear that. I guess you can speed how many? Uh, thir- 14 minutes into the show. I should, I might have put that warning. I might throw that uh, warning on at the beginning of the show that you skip the 14 minutes before we actually start about talking about wrestling. But the big story of the week is COVID. COVID is the big story of the week. And it seems like this time a uh, couple you know years ago you started hearing the whispers of covid before it really affected the wrestling uh community well it's affecting again uh last week's dynamite Brandon Cutler Nick and Matt Jackson were gone because of covid then we found out uh we started hearing whispers on Wednesday that Cody wasn't at dynamite and then we found out that his family had an outbreak and he was uh he was um what what is it called Uh, sheltering or whatever at home, Uh, quarantining at home, quarantining at home with the rest of his family. He uh, he then encouraged people to make sure you get your shots and get vaccinated. Uh, Again, of throwing back that he was anti-vaxxer ever the thought that he was anti-vaxxer he's like babies and children can be affected by this and of course they cannot be protected from it you know they don't have the ability to protect themselves from it so he's saying go get vaccinated um so yeah because of that there had to be some pivoting so pivoting um the dynamite title was then made a uh, uh, was basically made an interim title. Uh, and uh, Cody was replaced by Dustin Rhodes. We got that announcement on Dynamite that it was going to be Sammy Guevara versus Dusty Rhodes, uh, Dusty, uh Dustin Rhodes, excuse me. I, uh, and um uh, well, we'll talk about that momentarily. But COVID, how do you feel about the Omicron coming to get us, sir? <laughs>
2: I mm, try to choose my worlds carefully. It, it it's a highly contagious because it, as you see, we went through. I mean, God, since even this actually, we're basically two two full years into it because COVID nineteen started at the end of twenty nineteen, beginning of twenty twenty, in uh, in Asia, starting in China, then it started going through Japan and worked its way westward, and so. From what it looks like to me, Delta was bad in July of 2020, uh, 2021, and this has this looks to be a far more contagious version because you're seeing massive outbreaks in and I don't know if it's because maybe people were more careful in the previous two years or if Omicron is just more contagious than Delta or previous variants. But I mean, at the end of the day, and you cannot deny this is what happens with variants. They mutate, and when they mutate, the the new sh- potential new strains can either be more contagious, more lethal, more symptoms, different symptoms, and that's what happens. The comparison I can give you, based on talking to some of you deals with infectious diseases, is you have staph infection, and you have a mutated version of staph infection called MRSA that's antibiotic resistant and once you get MRSA you're kind of fucked you're stuck with it forever and I can tell you this that my dad has MRSA and contracted MRSA and they literally had to just cut off pieces of his foot because it went from staph to MRSA and so and that's how it is with with Omicron and it's just one of the reasons why and I'll say it to you know to the end of time, right, with COVID being an issue, is you have to be diligent and be careful, because if it continues to mutate, you know, the old saying, you know, play stupid games, get stupid prizes, this was going to happen. If it's, you know, may not, Omicron may not be as, you know, more lethal, but it's definitely more contagious, so you're going to mess around, we're going to end up with the Lambda Rho variant, and it's going to be like, hey, guess what? None of these vaccines work, and you have even a highly a, a highly likelihood of of death compared to the previous variant so i'm you know i my heart goes out to everybody dealing with it um because i can tell you locally i've had you know we're dealing with cases locally where i'm at and where i work at you know dealing with it i've never seen this many cases in a short amount of time at where i work at um, and we had nobody on campus uh, where I work at, nobody, uh, where I work at right now. That's the crazy part is we're getting so many cases and we literally have the lowest population of people where I work at right now, compared to the previous four months when school was in session. So it, that's the insane part. So, um, yeah, I said a lot in a short amount of time. I just, you know, hope everybody makes a full recovery with the Young Bucks and Co- and Cody and his family and whoever else had contracted it, both in AEW or and in, in everywhere. I don't care if they're, you know, professional wrestling actors, actresses, you know, uh, normal people. Just be careful.
1: And it looks like going forward, or at least temporarily, uh, starting this week, uh, it looks like AEW is not doing meet and greets, pre-show meet and greets. I think that is a smart choice to make for right now until the numbers start going down again. So I think that's a genius. But let's do what we do. Let's review shows. We're going to do, we got three shows this week, and I just don't want to sit here for an hour and a half uh, reviewing shows. So just going to kind of quickly go through each show and give our thoughts on each match. Uh, Dynamite last week came from uh, Newark, New Jersey, the Prudential Center. Our friend Jackie The Draw from Elite POV was in the building for this show. So uh, th- the main event was first. It was Paige versus Danielson 2. As as um, you all know, their first match went to our... One hour uh, draw. I was actually at the first match at Winner's Coming 2. That was pretty cool. So Jackie got to see the follow-up for it. So we got Hangman and the American Dragon. So they announced first, before we get into the actual match, they announced the three judges as the World's Strongest Man, Mark Henry, Jerry Lynn, and Paul White. I actually put a tweet about this. Before I tell you what my tweet is, what did you think about that announcement, JR.
2: JR, I'm sorry, my um, I, I had lost connection. Um, I, I yeah, broke so Can you say? I heard you say the announcement part, but I missed the previous part.
1: Okay, so it, uh, they talked about their three uh, judges, and it was Jerry Lynn, Mark Henry, and uh, I just had it. Jerry Lynn, Mark Henry, Henry, and, Henry and Paul, and Paul, and Paul White. White. Yes, no more BS. Paul White, what did you think about the announcement of the three judges?
2: It, it was kind of lackluster. I mean, there was, in the sense of, you felt that there was a possibility that you could have a potential return. Um, I know, you know, he's dealing with personal stuff. But if, if it was available, you would have thought that maybe this could be a, a potential spot for, you know, Moxley to return. Um, some people were saying, oh, what if it was, you know, Callis and Kenny Omega at the end of the day you still have let you know jerry lynn is a legend. ecw legend i believe he was I'm not, was he an ecw world champion i know he was television champion um and you had but for sure you definitely had two former world champions of mark henry and paul white so if it's the bill um like i said it, if you were going to do a return that would have been a good a good spot for it but um Yes,
1: so I just thought this list sucked. Okay, I love Mark Henry, love Jerry Lynn, uh, love the Paul White. I really do. I you know I met them all. They were all awesome. I actually sat in a, I actually sat in a, a airport terminal and just literally talked to Jerry Lynn, just like about the show, about travel, about all that stuff, about him seeing him at the show. Amazing. Well, what I did was work myself into a shoot, if I'm using the wrestling term correct. I had it in my head. I was like Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon, Stingboat. I was like, I had all these people in my mind that had went in famous one-hour matches. Because you had Sting, you had Ric Flair, Ricky Dragon, Stingboat. You could have did those. All, all had done famous one-hour matches. Then you give Mark Henry, who I don't think ever did a one-hour match. Then you get... Uh, Paul White I doubt ever did a one hour match now Jerry Lynn probably did a few one hour matches I am not the wrestling encyclopedia that some people are so I can't just pull up those dates but I'm just saying I'm pretty sure the other two big dudes did not work a one hour match and you put them in there and you say decide this I had the tweet and if JR if you remember my tweet I was like if this is not The most mid, this damn thing is not going an hour uh, group of judges ever. (laughs) I was like, this is the guaranteed not going an hour. Um, I believe I was right, correct?
2: It was. um, I need to double check the time. I, I wonder if it hit 30 minutes.
1: I think it was like right at 37, but it wasn't any danger of going an hour. Correct. Yeah, so uh yeah, I was like they I said they went with the boring. It's obviously not going the distance, judges. That's what they did. So, yeah. Uh the match uh thoughts on the match, they are always you need to let you go first, get the good stuff out there.
2: I I enjoy the hard hittingness. Um you know, there's always, I think since the last 12 years there's been this discussion and it started when WWE had created the rule about, you know, no more bleeding on you know in the company. And so the question becomes, you know, does no does more what? In the company? No more bleeding. No more blood bleeding. In the company. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Um so the question kind of became in the last decade, you know, more so especially from 2010 until who probably when the definitely when Cody wrestled dust in that double in 2019 is that does blood does it potentially enhance a match and um these two matches they had in my opinion were very different the hour-long broadway was extremely different than this encounter Uh, this one to me was more hard-hitting it was more violent in in what they were doing not not in the sense of hardcore but just in the way of how they were being the physicality of it was taking up a lot a significant level compared to the first one and so i felt it was a different match they had compared to the first one because of that i enjoyed it i in my opinion i, I enjoyed the first one better than the second one um, but because it was for different reasons and in the sense of like how the how the match went Not that this wasn't a good one. It was a great match. It's just a different type of story they told in the second encounter than the first one. We had the
1: chance uh, crowd screening uh, fight forever. We had some amazing spots in this match. I thought this match was really good. It did not reach the height of the first match. Of course, it did not go an hour. Uh, uh, Hangman uh pulled down his elbow pad after hitting Brian uh Daniel Bryan uh, excuse me Brian Danielson with uh a backdrop driver. He then hit finally hit the butt shot lariat. He pinned Brian Danielson and retained the AEW world champion. Uh it just took one of those clotheslines as it should. That's what Jim Ross said Uh, And then, of course, Excalibur so eloquently screamed that uh, Hangman Page slayed the American Dragon. So, yeah, that was a very much a good good match. I think it reached all the levels. It drew a lot of fans. That's great. Next match we had up was MJF versus Sean Dean for... uh, See him. Uh, right as the match was about to start, CM Punk sprinted to the ring. MJF jumped out of the ring. He waited until the bell ring. Make make sure that you know this. He waited until the bell ring. Then he sprinted out to the ring. So the match has started. Uh, MJF jumps outside of the ring and he's not coming back. Uh, ref is confused about going on, so he didn't. Uh, so he didn't start. She didn't. It was uh, Aubrey, right? I believe.
2: Oh, now you're getting too far. Yes, we're getting too far. Now, so it was
1: Aubrey. Uh didn't. But so CM Punk grabs Sean Dean, kicked him in the stomach, and then gave him a GTS. Everybody's like, Why did CM Punk turn on Sean Dean? And then you then you everything starts clicking in everyone else else's head. Aubrey Edwards rings the bell, the winner by disqualification. Sean Dean. Sean Dean is 1 and 0 in 2000 uh, 2022. O- MJF is 0 and 1. Uh after the match, uh CM Punk lets uh, uh CM Punk lets MJF know every match until he fights him. Well, this is what he's going to do. He's going to run out and get him DQ'd. Uh, MJF does you want to fight me you want to fight the everybody here wants to fight okay you got a match next week against Wardlow and then of course Punk says you're hiding behind Wardlow he's going to go through everything until there was nobody uh, else for him uh, to hide behind and then he was going to put him to sleep some barbs from their back and forth uh, it's, CM Punk says I mean MJF says do you think you're P- Roddy Piper PG Punk? The last time I checked Roddy Piper was talented enough to main event a Wrestlemania and by the way if I'm not starting to be uh to be shown the proper respect out here maybe I'll main event a Mania too and then he basically said uh, I think I, they actually left this out of the uh out of the review but he said if you want to go to a four day uh four day main event the day 4 of uh nobody in attendance WrestleMania go ahead <sighs> damn uh it was kind of crazy what did you think of this whole segment first the DQ and then the back and forth between Punk and MJF
2: the um i think everybody knows that MJF really loves and his record about how pretty spotless it is. Um, t- if I remember correctly, he's only lost two matches in his AEW career at the singles matches, and that was to two former AEW world champions. Um, so in two years, he was been essentially almost perfect and to go in there in one of the first events of the year and now he has a blemish on his record that you could officially say that he has a loss of singles competition was a perfect kind of f you from cm punk to mjf and um with the back and forth is that the best part about this feud is, with the exception of the six-man match they had, with um, I don't remember exactly was it the week? It was the week of Christmas, so of uh, CM Punk and F, excuse me, CM Punk, Darby Allen, Sting versus FTR and MJF. They very rarely have touched each other. I think that's the only time they've ever actually physically touched each other. So they continue promos back and forth. is just building to that c- crescendo of an actual one-on-one match. And so you look forward to the next promo that both MJF and CM Punk have is because they've thrown a lot of barbs at each other since that first encounter where MJF said, hi, I'm Maxwell. So... It's just can some some of the promos have been, you know, some weeks it's really great, some of it's like kind of gone down a little bit. So but you look forward to where they're gonna come up with next. And eventually, like I said, they're heading towards the collision course, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows it's coming at revolution.
1: It is definitely coming at uh I'm pretty sure it's coming at revolution, and but the fact How they're using this time to build up the match at Revolution, I think it's perfectly done. A lot of people thought that the feud started too early to you then, you know, then hold the match off the Revolution. But MJF does this thing where basically he makes people earn a match with him. So whether they're in the position of power or he's in the position of power, he makes them earn a match with him. So that's what he's doing with CM Punk. Now, I enjoyed the no DQ. Uh, we now have Sean Dean. John Moxley and uh, Chris Jericho are the only people to beat MJF in one-on-one matches. He is truly the captain of AEW. Sean Dean, congratulations, sir. On to the next segment. Uh, We got uh, the demo god returned. uh, Chris Jericho, uh, my friend JR's favorite wrestler, returned to TBS with a mic. He says basically his first time being on TBS since April 7, 1999, when he lost to Booker T on Thunder. He said he cheated. It's uh, ba- uh he uh basically has the, he's having the issue with two point He does his Jericho thing. He called him Terrence and Phillip and made sure of them uh made fun of them having a square head. Uh, Jericho uh, grabbed his baseball bat and said he knocked both their heads off. Daniel Garcia jumped in the ring with a blind side attack on Jericho. Then we had Kingston, Ortiz all ran down to the save. Again, Jericho and uh, Jericho and um, uh, Eddie Kingston showed that they did not like each other. Did you have any thoughts with this segment, sir? You
2: know, I 2.0 is a very interesting tag team. I've known says this before for AEW because coming into the company, they were they really didn't do a whole lot in the previous empl- for the previous employer, and they're they're very entertaining. Like especially, I can't think of their names, but the, the gentleman with the, the ponytail, is just really good at what he does. Daniel Garcia is a great wrestler there, and they've been used as a tag team, uh, or they've been used in the situations to bridge gaps from one feud to another for certain wrestlers. Um, and you I really enjoy their work because they're very comical and they're just being used in the right spot in the sense of um, trying to bridge the feud with Jericho and I know essentially it's going to come to a head of, of Eddie Kingston so I just I always enjoy when they come out because it's comical and you kind of wonder to yourself is will they see you know we've, will they see more of them in the coming year because Potentially, they could, in my opinion, I could see them being AEW tag team champions. So I like what they're doing, but if you give them a run, I think you could get even more out of them.
1: I think they're very talented, very funny people. Uh, When it comes to the sports entertainment side of wrestling, that uh, it was made famous by another company. I think they're perfect at it. I have put that over so many times. People are probably tired of hearing it, that they are perfect at sports entertainment. They are perfect at being very entertaining. They have a charisma that you just can't teach. So uh, shout out to 2.0. This was just a fun segment to add to it. Uh, we had a word. Uh, oh, we had out stage backstage with Red Dragon. Uh he basically said, Cole said he knows uh, Kyle didn't mean to kick him in the head. He then challenged Jake Atlas uh, and that uh, and just to let him know that, you know, he, I know he's the hot free agent, but, you know, Adam Cole is all anyone will be talking about. So we got Adam Cole versus uh, uh, Jake Atlas uh, for Friday on Rampage. Then next, we had uh, Mr. Mayhem Wardlow versus Antonio Zombrano. Quick squash. Uh, Sean Spears, before the match started, just hit a C4 and just told Wardlow to pin him. Wardlow then hit Antonio with five power bombs and then got the pin. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on this quick segment?
2: I just wonder if Antonio has a prey for taking five power bombs from from Wardlow. That's it.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't really... Like I said, it was just like crazy for me. And the fact that uh, Sean Spears, they, they're building more dissension from Spears and Wardlow. So I'm liking that going forward. And Sean Spears is so good at what he's asked to do. Uh, we got the TBS Championship Tournament Finals Jay Cargill versus uh, Ruby Soho. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go through the match. I'm just going to let JR give his thoughts on it. Uh,
2: there, it's been said. That this the, let me start over. The rumor has been said that this whole TBS championship and this tournament was built to put a shining spotlight on the Jade Cargill brand and what she can bring. Um, you and I have said it multiple times: how Jade Cargill is one of the most impressive individuals, gender be damned. In the history of professional wrestling. She. You know in hearing stories. She busts her ass. Not just in the gym. But in the wrestling ring. And is she. Is she young in her experience? Absolutely. I mean we all know that. It doesn't take a genius to figure out. That she doesn't have that many matches under her belts. Um, And they've utilized her in a way. To accentuate her positives. And hide. That lack of experience I think there's a lot of things she does well I think there's a lot you know, Some things that um, She's definitely going to continue To improve on Because only with time And um, Time and Patience and practice Will you get better in Anything you do Whether it's wrestling, playing an instrument um, Or even going to school as a student um, And so I really believe that Jade is a hard worker. I think she is working as hard as she can to earn her spot. I I don't know if I would have gone with Jade Cargill, though. This, you know, within essentially, I'm trying to do my math, some math in my head. Um, has it been a year? Is it been a year or shorter than a year? You know, you gotta help me out, Floyd. It's been I'm...
1: over a year. It's been over a year. So where
2: Sha- when was the when was the Shack and the Shack and Jade versus Red Velvet and was uh, that in February of twenty twenty one, I believe? So basically, from her first match to this is close to a year, and obviously, I'm sure she's done training before that as well. Um, as far as being AEW, I and I know I wasn't on the show. I probably would have went with Thunder Rosa, um, and then have Thunder be Jade, have her have the title for a little bit, and then eventually have her drop it to Jade um, in a few months once Jade yeah, continues to, to I was develop wrong. that wrong.
1: It was on March th- March 3rd, 2021. So yeah, not even a year.
2: So um like i said i would have probably won with thunder rosa because uh, i'd the more experienced veteran definitely a great ambassador for both tbs as well as AEW, and then eventually drop it to jade as jade continues to develop and um she like i said she's she's a great athlete she's strong she's physical she's has she has agility um it's just one of those things with and I hate saying this because it feels I feel like I'm like demeaning her and I don't because I love Jade. Um it's just she has some limitations because she's still young in the business. So I would when moving forward, whatever few she gets into, you really have to position her to to, to have a more stronger matches. And I hate using the analogy, but I'm gonna use it anyways is make her similar to like that Goldberg, where she just does certain things that she's very good at. Um, for example, and, I, and I'll leave that this, one of the things that was probably not a good idea was trying to do her finisher from the top rope. Probably, let's not do that again.
1: So, I've said it before, I think they've been going over this match for a while. Uh, it, it did have some rough edges with uh, Ruby. Uh, she just doesn't I mean Ruby's good I just don't think she has that ability to carry a match like Thunder does like Thunder did with Jade before I think Jade's talented I think she has the energy the charisma everything to be great and lead this uh women's division for the next three or four uh, three or four years a longer Br- uh Brit uh but r- with this early they have to protect her the only thing I would ask, and in this match, I thought the match was fine until the end, that I was I, seeing that lasting moment of that first TNT championship and belt being a botch or, or being, I wouldn't even call it a mo- just a move that didn't look good because she hit the move, but it just looked real clumpy. I would have liked Ruby or her to call the audible and say, pick me up and do it again. So you can have that clean finisher for the one, two, three and, you know, have that as the ongoing look of the first, uh, first TBS champion. You know what? It's a tiny thing that probably didn't bother anybody, you know, other than us hardcore wrestling fans. There is a iconic image out after the match with Jay Cardell holding up the TBS title with her daughter in hand, uh, yeah, that's a shout out to definitely the AEW division. I love that. I love that Jade won it. I, like. I said I didn't like how the uh, finish happened, but I do like the pick because you can keep her undefeated streak going. And whether whoever you go with as the face to eventually knock her off, it's going to be a feather in their hat. But you want to have a strong, dominant TBS champion to put the belt on the map kind of like the TNT had a championship had a strong dominant champion and that man Cody Rhodes that 10 weeks in a row helped put that belt on the map established it as not as uh, as a equal belt to the world title and that's what Jade has to do with the TNT title this was the first match uh you know she she has her reign to go for and we'll look at it going forward and then we'll judge her reign after it is done but congratulations to Jade Cargill. Early in the day, Jim Ross had a sit-down interview with Serena Deeb. Uh, her intention, uh, she had this great line. It said, the reason they call me the professor of professional wrestling is because I have a PhD in this shit. And she said it with such commission. I demand a match with you, Sheeta. You will not be walking away on your own. So we have Serena Deeb versus Sheeta uh, on Dynamite. Uh, on uh, Wednesday, January twelfth. Uh, you excited about that match,
2: sir? Yes, I am because I believe both women are incredible, incredible abilities in the ring, especially Serena Deeb. I mean, you talk about just—I mean, it's another talent that could have, you know, could be in those both. I would say both AEW, you know, world and TBS championship, you know, pictures being their champion, and she just has a ability that she can make her opponent shine she can look like a, a fierce fierce dominant opponent as well so um they i thought they had previously good encounters and i think this one is definitely gonna be taken to another level
1: yeah i, I i've stated on the show i watched them wrestle every week i mean i think at this point this will be the most prevalent match in AEW history at four Do you do you remember any other match happening more? I think this is their fourth time wrestling, right? Have you ever heard of any other match like going four times?
2: I'm uh no, I'm trying. Like we, Darby and Cody went three times. No, I can't. At Parker,
0: our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think this is the most anyone has ever wrestled each other in ADW, especially in a women's division. I, d- I definitely believe this is uh, uh, the most uh, prevalent match. And, and you know what's great is they've all been on Dynamite. You know what I mean? They've all been featured matches on the show and the belt. It's not for the title. When people ask about building the women's division, I've stated this before. You now have a women's world title a women's TBS title, and now you have Serena and Deeb and Sheeta wrestling, and they're not even wrestling for the title. What that means is you possibly on any Dynamite can have three to four segments dedicated to women's wrestling. On Rampage, you could have a segment uh, dedicated towards women's wrestling. It's just, and this is how you build it. Building, uh, building a division and building attention and building a fan base for that division takes time, and I think AEW is doing a great job slowly building up the division. So um, uh, I was very excited to what's going on, what's been going on with it. Uh, let's see what's next. Um, Malakai Black versus Brian Pillman. Not much to talk about here. Uh, Malachi Black kicked Brian Pillman in the face, pinned him. Um, Black was uh beating up uh Pin Pillman. Uh, Black was standing over Pillman, and the Lucha Bros came out, and the lights went out, and Black was outside of the ring, and he ran away from the Lucha Bros, and and this led to you know Lucha Bros match. Did you have any thoughts on Malachi kicking Brian Pillman?
2: No. No. I mean, it just continues to build a Malachi Black as as a, a heel.
1: Yeah, uh, there were, the finish was pretty cool because Brian looked like he went up for a clothesline. He then stumbled and then it went right into the kick. Now it was so smooth I couldn't tell if the stumble was on purpose or not. Like that's how smooth that event happened. It was like if it was a botch, it was the smoothest looking botch I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Tony uh, Schiavone's backstage with Ruby after Ruby's loss. Uh, Britt Baker came to rub it in That Ruby keeps losing uh, Ruby told Britt to leave her alone And prepare for a match Saturday Baker smacked Soho But then Ruby crashed the scene Jumping on Baker And it gave us Ruby Soho And Rio Versus Britt Baker And Jamie Jane- Hameter For Rampage And then we had the, the World Tag Team title match I know JR not too excited To talk about this Because this was a double whammy Of an evening For our old uh, Lucha Bros as they were wrestling Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus for the AEW Tag Team Titles. Christian Cage was out with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Uh, Jim Ross wondered, could this be the night? Uh, the champions have a 15-1 record. And then the Lucha Bros. Well, so uh, before we talk about who won, there was a spot. Uh, the Lucha Bros bring it every night. Uh, and they were bringing it like they normally do. And Mr. Uh, Luchasaurus did a choke slam to Ray Phoenix on the outside through a table. It looks like Ray accidentally tried to catch himself with his left arm. Maybe he was too close to the uh, fence. I don't necessarily know what happens. I'm not a wrestler. It's not for me to speculate. Well, his arm bent what it looked like in half. And then they replayed it, and yes, his arm looked like it bent in half. Uh, So he called the ref over immediately. They were looking at him. Uh, Pentagon then finished the match, and Jungle Boy pinned Pentagon to get the one, two, three. We got your new tag team champions, Jurassic Express, and like the most anti-comatic uh, title win ever because literally everyone in the building was worried about Ray Phoenix because they did show the replay like three times without realizing what or two or three times without realizing what happened. Uh, yeah, that was kind of sickening. So first of all, JR, comment on your thoughts on Ray Phoenix's injury.
2: I don't appreciate you lying. It was that dumb dinosaur Dino Nuggets that broke Phoenix's arm. He wasn't careful. He did it. I know he did it on purpose. He's unsafe. We need to get him out. Exterminate all the dinosaurs. Okay. Just wanted to say that because that's what all the idiots on on social media said. That it's Luchasaurus' fault. And that is just completely ridiculous. Number one, if you say that, I'm 99% certain you're not a professional wrestler, so keep your mouth shut. And I'm saying that as, as a massive Lucha Bros fan. Number two, it's a very unfortunate spot. Um one of the things I've said this time and time again, and we love AEW for it, and it's a love and a curse at the same time. They give us a lot. They do high risk moves. It gets, in my opinion, worse with the Lucha Bros, specifically Phoenix, because of the Lucha Libre background. If you ever see Lucha Libre, they do a bunch of crazy shit to to entertain the audience. And I say and this is not the first time that Ray Phoenix has been injured. This is probably though his most serious injury um, he's had. In my opinion, I think what happened was the table may have been too close, and when Luchasaurus leapt off the table, leapt off the apron to do the choke slam, he may there wasn't enough space between the table and apron. So he landed a little bit too close to the table, which then caused Phoenix to not hit the table specifically centered where his body and the table was essentially like where he was like perfectly on top of the table. Again, it's not Luchasaurus' fault. I just think it was a bad spot that went awry. Um, I actually looked at like probably 10 different table choke slams in the last 15 years after that happened and from previous episodes of AEW, raw smackdown and it's just a very unfortunate thing um and it sucks because he's hurt and he got hurt pretty bad and it's probably gonna be a minute before he comes back
1: and and it looked like they were building something uh they looked like they were building something with malachi black maybe and They're going to have to pivot some way with that, so we will see what's happening going forward. But congratulations to one of the four pillars, Jurassic uh, um, Jungle Boy and his tag team partner, Luchasaurus, with their manager, Christian, who is moving basically into a uh, manager-player coach role with them. And, you know, they look at the titles. You're going to, you know, uh, Jungle Boy's going to get more mic time, and he's going to have to show some charisma. It's like... And this is the shit or get off the pop point for a jungle boy. You're not the guy that almost wins. You're not the guy that successful challenger. You are the champion of one of the best tag team divisions in the world. Show you, it's time to show that you uh, deserve that spot. It's time to show that you uh, are a pillar of this company. And I truly believe Darby, MJF and Sammy have proven beyond uh, a reasonable doubt that they are main vendors of the future. They are the pillars of the company. I think it's time for Jungle Boy to put up or shut up. You, any thoughts on that, sir?
2: Um, you cut me off. I wasn't done because I was going to continue trusting Jurassic Express. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, I- you, you have the world's
1: longest pauses. Your pauses sound like you're done. Complete thoughts. I'm just going to throw that out
2: there. Listen, I'm just long-winded, Okay um all i'm gonna say is you know con- but congratulations to jurassic express they have a big following people love them um and i don't know i, I don't know what's the next goal uh, if they're gonna be long-term transitional but you know they have a big following so congratulations people love you know jungle boy and i will say one of the things that it came out later um because i didn't notice it but is that after he won he looked up to the sky and man, it just broke my heart because I know he was thinking about his dad. And you know, when anytime stuff like that happens, when when somebody gives a nod to you know a parent, I think about my parents. And it's just, you know, I know he wishes that his father was there to see him. You know, kind of hit the pinnacle of his career at that moment. So,
1: well, he's not in the pinnacle. Okay, there's five members of the pinnacle. He's I said pinnacle jungle. of his career. You, yeah, the yeah, of no, no, the pinnacle is the pinnacle. Okay. Uh, let- he,
2: so we stopped to cover two more shows. Bring take
1: bring it back. The great thing is the next two shows are only uh, one hour long and they only have three matches apiece. So uh, next one is up on Rampage, January seventh. Adam Cole versus Jake Atlas. Adam Cole won. The story of this is this: uh, Jake Atlas tore his ACL. Uh, he he literally uh, hurt himself, and on the last spot. Adam Cole just pretty much gave him the weakest looking lead lock ever, just so he could tap out. Uh, But his knee, you know, you could just kind of tell his knee was gone. Uh, That did suck because it looked like they had some. uh, They looked like they had some uh, thoughts and plans for Jake Atlas in the future. He literally just signed with AEW, but you know what? Wrestling injuries happen. ACLs generally about a six month injury. I think Jake Atlas will come back strong. What do you think, sir?
2: He has a great look. I, I really I felt bad. Um, again, I, I say that a lot, but you know you feel bad for people that get injured because this is their livelihood. But I saw that spot, and as soon as he landed on his knee, I could just be like, "Oh man!" It just I actually yelled, "You know, damn it!" Um, they that twi- they messed up his knee. Uh, I hope he comes back fast. One of the things I will say, you know, because AEW loves factions, is I, I I don't know if I see him as a baby face because I've never really heard his promos. He has a very serious look, so I feel like he could be a heel. I really would like for him to be added to the acclaim. There's just something about him and teaming up with Caster and Bowens, especially because, you know, Caster being so charismatic that I think would really do wonders for Jake Atlas and help build him up to a big star in AEW at an accelerated rate compared to him being a solo star. So I just wanted to throw that out there.
1: Yeah, I, I see bright things in the future for Jake Atlas. Uh, I've mentioned this before. Years before they started, I heard I heard, uh, I heard um, Dave Meltzer say, like, Jake Atlas, the, the best way to say it. I'm paraphrasing, so if I'm misquoting him, I apologize. I wanted to say that because I know he gets misquoted a lot, and I don't want to be one of the people that if Jake Atlas hadn't signed with WWE, he would probably be one of the uh, four pillars because – People were higher on Jake Atlas than they were on Jungle Boy. I think Jungle Boy's done great. I'm not saying let's replace Jungle Boy, but I'm just saying just think of how much AEW has thought of Jungle Boy. They said people were higher on Jake Atlas than that. Just think about that and what that would mean for him in AEW. So after the match, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly came out to the Kyle O'Reilly came out to the ring. Looks like they were gonna uh, beat up Jake Atlas some more. But uh, then um, he said, Happy New Year, Jake, because, uh, because in about one minute, congratulations, you earned another ass whooping. And then Orange Cassidy's music hits. Orange Cassidy pulled out a string chain, a steel chain out of his jean pocket, wrapped it around his fist. Orange walked down to the ring, and Chuck and Willow Uta followed him. Uh, Adam Cole and Red Dragon did a strategic retreat. Strategic retreat. They did not run. Strategic retreat. Uh, at Orange Cassidy hasn't forgotten what Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and O'Reilly have done to him. Uh, Chuck Taylor and Willow U to have his back. Uh, so it, it looks like that's gonna happen sooner rather than later. Uh, then the big news heading into the Battle of the Belts, I've as recently talked about. Uh, the TNT champion Cody Rhodes not medically cleared to compete for Saturday night's defense against Sammy Guevara, Battle of the Belts. Stepping in to replace him will be the natural Dustin Rhodes to face him for the interim TNT title. Uh, Then we get Tony Schiavone backstage with Andrade El Idolo. Schiavone asked why last week on Rampage, Idolo distracted Sting and Garby so the claim could attack him from behind. First, this problem is not with Mr. Sting. My question is, why does this little kid work for Sting? uh i thought that was like the funniest line of the week uh darby allen does not work for sting their friends i'm so busy and and he basically say how you know he's like i'm so busy we need a new assistant so mr sting name your price for this little kid shivani said i'm sure sting and darby will not want to hear this at all what did you think of that
2: i have no idea The the lines are funny, but when you get into this position, I'm like, where are they going with this? And I was I I, I'm at a loss for words because I get to the point with Andrade. I I really do like Andrade a lot, but I just felt like everything he's done in AEW just seems so mid and corny and just not good, and I'm just like can he just be just a badass, like, you know, at his peak when he was in NXT? And I I really wish they just give him somebody better than Jose. And I'm annoyed, and I just thought I'd move on.
1: Well, I thought the promo was funny. Then we had Hook versus Aaron, L- Aaron Solo. <laughs> Hook did what Hook does, and he beats up Aaron Solo, chokes him out. QT Marshall jumped in the ring. Looked like he was about to confront Cook. Hook. Hook uh, QT sw- takes a shot at Hook, but Hook was ready and hit him with a head and arm suplex. Uh, Hook's not messing around here in AEW. Undefeated so far. Uh, so far, yelled Chris Jericho because that's not how Chris Jericho does commentary. Is yelling. What did you think about the Hook squash?
2: Man, we get. I say this. I've said it online. I've said it quite a bit. I know. I've, I think I've talked about here with you guys one of the most naturally gifted athletes I've seen in prof- that has transi- transitioned to professional wrestling. What he does, he does extremely well. There, my only concern with him, and they're so it's just it's concern of AEW when you're looking to the future is he is how you can keep building him up this way. Just keep doing these type of matches. And then in you know, just every two weeks, when we week do a promo, when we do a vignette, when we do a highlight reel, and then do another match just like this and just keep building him up that way. And just sooner or later, you're going to get to a point where they're going to be like, damn, like Hook's legit 15 and 0. And he's, you know, he kind of went from, you know, kind of, for lack of a better word, enhancement talent to beating, you know, opening card guys. To he's kind of, kind of getting through nice in the mid card, beating mid card guys, and you know, pretty soon he, you know, if you go that rate, like I said, if you think about it, if they do that, let's say from at this point, Eagle every two weeks he gets one match. So, if you go, that's. Um, 15 matches in 30 weeks that's over six months there's 52 weeks a year so you're gonna if i'm trying to do math in my head quick like you're gonna end up in the summer where you may get to all that and be like hey uh he's probably gonna he's due for like a pretty good match at battle of the belt or that or a big dynamite or a pay-per-view so just keep doing what you're doing like it's the formula is working people love him they think he's badass the gimmick works. Just keep doing it. Just slowly keep bringing him up every two weeks. Give him one of these matches.
1: That's what we do as wrestling fans. We get ahead of ourselves. We're always thinking in the future, in the future, in the future. I think what he's doing now is awesome. I look forward to the next time he's wrestling. That's just me because I'm about living in the present because you know what? It's a gift. Yes, that was corny. I love it. I love my corny uh, ass things that I say. Uh, yeah, it's, gonna... it's
2: pretty terrible. I don't like it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, uh, Ricky Starks then gets up from, uh, the desk and then he challenges, says the F C W belt, F T W belt needs to be defended. It will be defended at battle of belts versus Matt Sydal. Then we get a W women's champion, Britt Baker, Dr. DMD and Jamie Hayter versus Ruby and Ruby Soho. I honestly forgot how this match went. Uh, Hater attempted to delay vertical suplex on Rio, but Rio was able to land on her feet. Hater inadvertently hit Baker with the forearm. Uh, Rio rolled up Hater and Pinder. Doctor Baker has still never defeated Rio in her career, even in a tag team match. Will that be the story of Battle of the Belts? Like I said, I barely remember this match, so I have no comments. You have any thoughts, Jr.
2: So one of those matches you have to set up a bigger match that was going to happen 24 hours later.
1: Yes. Uh, then we had a no DQ, no rules, no holds barred match. We had Daniel Garcia and 2.0 Jeff Parker and Matt Lee versus the Mad King Eddie Kingston Santina, Santana or Ornartes. This match was super brutal. Uh, Santana, uh, the finish was Santana walloped Parker with their uh, chair right across the spine. In the ring, Garcia and Ortiz traded forearms. Santana entered the ring, and him and Ortiz used tandem offense on Garcia. Jeff Parker jumped into A Garcia. Santana swung at Parker with a distance lariat and pinned him. I thought the ending was kind of weak. I enjoyed the match. Uh, It was everything I like in a good old uh, f- street fight, but I thought the end with it di- just being a discus lariat was kind of boring.
2: What did you think? I'll be honest, I didn't even remember the match. That's how boring it was. I just thought it was a throwaway match.
1: Yes. So, after the Bell Garcia and Lee took out Ortiz and Kingston. They wrapped Kingston in the ropes with the gaffer tape. Chris Jericho threw his headset down at the broadcast booth. Uh, Jericho ran off down the chase off 2.0 and Garcia... Kingston's not one of these guys, but Jericho had had enough of 2.0 and Garcia. Jericho has not forgotten what 2.0 and Garcia did to him just six weeks ago, said Excalibur. And that was Rampage. All right. AEW Battle of the Belts. Big what's three-match card. So um, first match we got, the natural Dusted Roads. Uh, versus Spanish guy, Sammy Guevara, to enter crown the interim TNT title. There was a lot of callbacks to the, the most recent match with Cody, with basically Dustin slowing down the match, not trying to let uh, Sammy Guevara uh, use his speed to his advantage. Uh, there was a spot during the match where uh, Dustin Rhodes hit uh, a crossroads, a second crossroads, and then went for the Tiger Driver. And then Sammy Guevara was able to kick out. Um, uh, kick out um, there at the end. There was a roll up. Uh, there was a roll up. It was the roll up uh, thing that you see, where the guy is, has the two his two knees and in that uh, Davey Boy Smith Bret Hart position, and then they roll back and forth. But on the third attempt, Sammy rolled uh, Dustin over. Was able to get his right leg across his left arm. And he got the three in a flash pin. Sammy Guevara is your new TNT interim champion. He was presented the title by none other than the person that present Cody, the other TNT title, Mr. David Crockett. What do you think, sir?
2: First one, shout out to David Crockett. I'm I'm a huge fan of Nostalgia Wrestling. And I still need to meet that man. I'm sad that I couldn't meet him at at a StarCast in Vegas, so I hope to someday meet him, you know, especially as a legend of the sport. Somebody said this, um, not including the finish of the match, but they felt like this was a, a potential, like, a similar s- sequence of events in this match that potentially would have been with Cody and Sammy, except, as you mentioned, slowed down for Dustin. I thought they had, a good, you know, a lot of good, spots and things the one thing that just i i'm gonna say like oh it's the worst thing ever but it's just like man you had dustin do dustin do a uh i can't think a destroyer off the apron through a table and i'm just like okay he did that but he still lost the match it's kind of like eh, i don't know about that the ending sequence i was kind of surprised because you i wouldn't think that a veteran of dustin would be caught off guard like that um especially like going through like the different pinfall you know attempts but you know they both you know Dustin at his age can still go and Sammy you know is one of the best you know can go any day of the week. So I definitely it was funny as I was I made this joke when it came to the World, the day um excuse me not Royal Rumble the WWE day one and I'm like why don't they just do an interim title and then when Cody got got you know unfortunate due to his you know situation I was like i just do it in there. i was like just do an interim title and they end up doing it i'm just like oh shit they end up doing an interim tnt title but you know i think with the storyline they're going with in some ways it actually creates an additional element to a future you know the future match that will come with cody and sammy work Sam where cody's like hey I'm the real TNT champion, and Sammy's like, "Hey, motherfucker!" Pardon my French. Is like, you weren't here to defend your title, and I had to step up in your absence to be the TNT champion. And especially when you have the added fact that, um, I would just quickly say this: that he, Sammy Guevara, um, as we you know, after this this match with Dustin, uh, the following events is that Daniel Garcia comes out, gets in his face, and slaps him, and they get into a rumble that they ended up at. <laughs> Uh, dynamite tomorrow night as we're recording on Tuesday uh Sammy Guevara will defend that interim TNT championship against Daniel Garcia and that even adds that to an extra like I said part of the storyline where he tells Cody you weren't here to defend your you're not a real you're not the real champion because I had to pick up the slack when you couldn't be here so I just for me I just think it's an added element to that storyline with him and Cody until they finally unify the titles
1: I'm looking forward to it. I don't uh, I don't really want, uh, I didn't really want the interim thing. I mean, Cody has to be, let's miss like a week. I mean, people have went longer than a week without defending their title, so this absolutely makes no sense to me. But I just like to, I like to get involved in the world. I don't really care if it makes sense. If it's building versus Cody versus uh, Sammy in a unification match, let's do it in a ladder match. Let's do it in jacksonville with me there let's go uh, you gotta of
2: yourself i think you mean orlando
1: no jacksonville that's the week before orlando that's the are special, you going? the dynamite in orlando yes are you, are you going to jacksonville i am going to jacksonville
2: and you didn't tell me that hurts I, I, We're I, gonna I, I, off air. you
1: know you want to know so funny you're the first person i told you, you already forgot
2: you know, it's the concussions of my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs>
1: you're, you're literally the only person I'm on the phone with, like, as long as we are. So I know you were the first person I told. <laughs> and then before I asked and I told you that me and Tiffany changed our plans, that we're going to fly in Orlando, drive uh, drive up to Jacksonville and back, remember? Is it coming to you now?
2: No, but again, it's, it's legit. I've had, like, two concussions in my lifetime. My short-term memory is shit, so... My apologies.
1: You know, I still love you, brother. But it was just funny that you said that. All right. So then we are moving on to the next match, which was uh, uh Daniel oh forgot Daniel Garcia came in and ring, he slapped Sammy. They began brawling and had to be separated. Tony uh interviewed Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara challenged Daniel Garcia for the interim TNT title this wednesday on dynamite so we were gonna have that on this wednesday on dynamite then we had the ftw world championship match ricky starks versus matt Sydal. matt Sydal is a jobber plus he's the if you want a good match for your champion or a new person coming in and you know but they're not gonna win but they want a good match you put them in with matt Sydal. i thought this match was uh, really good. Uh, Starks finished off Sidel with a Rochambeau and scored the pin. Powerhouse Hobbs and Starks continued to beat that outside Dell Then Liam Moriari sprint down uh, to uh, try to, you know, even the score. But is there such thing as even the score with one of the guys, Will Hobbs? Because he knocked him on his ass. Finally, Dante Martin ran down and forced Hobbs and Stark out the ring. I think Will Hobbs was about to eat Dante Martin and then uh, Ricky Starks, like, save your meal for later. So what did you think of this match?
2: I, I, especially because it came late, I just thought it was... The good thing for me, I'll say this, is that it brings Ricky Starks back. We know he's dealt with injury in 2021, so hopefully we get to see to him. I mean, I was all, I'm all about, you know, absolute Ricky Starks, and I'm just glad to... Uh, that he got an opportunity to showcase himself. And is obviously a great wrestler. So I'm just glad to see Ricky Starks and see where he goes from here.
1: Let's see where he goes. Um, Let's see. Last match is I will let JR lead us through this one. It was the AEW Women's World Championship match. Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D
2: versus Rehaw. The whole part of this match um, for me is the story that re- that Bird Baker has not got an opportunity to get a victory over the first aew women's champion. I wanted, as I, I let that first one go really long because I wanted to make sure I said that correctly that she was the first um, Aew women's champion um reho in my opinion is a very very great wrestler um especially when she wrestles somebody that is her size because of the moves that she does i think it's you know it's important that she has somebody that has similar you know her similar size to her because sometimes um i think going against bigger opponents her abilities sometimes are not shown through. Um, and that just, sometimes you see that happen. So I'll give you an example. Like Ray Mysterio, sometimes when wrestles against bigger guys, there's some things he can not do. And she, I think real, in my opinion, had one of her best performances in this match. The one thing that just kind of, somebody said this and it's true. I know it's part building to a bigger storyline down, down the road, but I mean, Hater and Jamie Hater and rebel just kept getting involved in this match. Um, and it just kind of was taken away for, from the match. But the there was one part, though, where it uh, where they threw Rebel out of the match um, because she got involved. And one of the things that happened in this match that I really thought was like an oh-my-God moment because I thought it was one of the most perfectly executed uh, spots I've, I've seen in wrestling. Um, Britt Baker... Uh, had her, I believe she had her back to Rio, and Bird Baker, uh, and Rio kicked her in the back, and she went into Jamie hitter and knocked her off the mat. And when she did that, Bird Baker came back and Rio hit her with the Northern Lights Suplex. Excuse me, a Crucifix Bomb, then Northern Lights Suplex, and it was what I tell you, it was like two and three quarters of a count. It legitimately looked like two three quarters of a count. I mean, it almost was. I really thought my heart set, like dropped. Off. I was like, oh my God, Rio just won the title. I mean, it was one of the most perfect near falls I've ever seen. Um, eventually, though, Rio um, got back up and Bird Baker caught her and did her with the curb stomp and then the lockjaw and Rio tapped out. So I thought it was one of the best, uh, one of Rio's best matches. I think it was definitely, as well as Bird Baker's best matches, they had um, just really good parts. I just wish there was less interference especially when you get to that spot where Hater got involved and she got um, collided with Burt Baker for that, that near-fall spot. I think that's one of the reasons why just sometimes it would have been better if there wasn't so much interference. So that's my take on it.
1: I would agree. I would have liked to just see Brent win. I know she's the heel. She's the bad person. There's supposed to be interference. They're setting up something with Jamie Hader. Hater. I would have just liked to see Britt just be better than Rio. Uh, I know that's boring. I'll tell you anything. It's boring. But that's what I would have just liked to see in this match. I thought it was a really well-done match. It really did. Put a spotlight on the women's division that they can work any type of match. I I mean honestly, kind of compared this to a Cody Rhodes match. There was a lot going on, lots of smoke and mirrors, so they can work that kind of match. You can get a straight wrestling match like you can get from Deri, uh Serena Deeb, and hikaru Shida. You can uh do hardcore. They can do street fights. You are really showing the flexibility. Uh, and the versatility of this AEW's women's division. And I think they're leveling up a little bit every week. And they're going to be, you know, there's going to be some times where they're going to have to carry some dynamites in different shows as we go in the past. And I just, I think we're getting to the point where they can where it's like the people aren't going to turn off the channel when they're on because they're doing really, really well night right now. I might have an overly optimistic view of the women's division, which because I am overly optimistic, but I just thought this match kind of added to the growing resume of the AEW women's division. So that was Rampage this week. That ends our weekly TV. Uh, We got through three shows, JR. We did it! Yes, uh, I don't like, if y'all have not figured this out, if you're listening, I don't like hosting. I don't think I suck at it. I just think Austin's way better at it than me. You know, I hosted this show for a long time. But good Lord, when Austin came on, it just, it leveled up the show. You know, I could do my energetic, crazy shit. And then Austin brings me back down and knows when to tell me to shut up. So it's not like I said, it's not that I don't think I'm good. Just Austin's better. So, I miss you, Austin. I love you. All right. Dynamite. January 12th preview. That'll be tomorrow or the day that you, most of you are listening to. We got four big matches. Powerhouse Hot versus Dante Martin. Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. CM Punk versus Wardlow. Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. TNT interim title match. JR, what do you think about that, uh, the lineup for tomorrow?
2: I think they have a solid show i mean it's especially when you come off like you had a big show their debut on tbs for dynamite and you had i would say a significant show on you know for battle of the belt so you know obviously there's some times where you you kind of have to bring it down a little bit um and it's just the nature that you can't you can't go to level 10 every week. So I think they were at level 10 last week with three shows, and now they're coming back to, they got to come back to some sense of normalcy. So um, I think one of the things you're probably going to see with this, is, for me, I'll, I'll just focus on Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. You're probably going to see um, a little bit, maybe a something for Cody or something for. Um, like in the sense of like an interview or like a promo, like a video promo, especially how easy it is to nowadays do anything with the phone. So that's the only thing is something to build for Sammy to eventually get to Cody.
1: I am looking forward to the collision course that is leading to the TNT title. But the thing I'm most excited about, if you haven't got it is Hikaru, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. They are going to do everything they can to make their other matches look like crap. Which oh my God, I'm waiting for them to try. I hope they're giving a full twenty to thirty minutes to really kill each other because these women can work and they have amazing chemistry together. And I'm looking, I'm calling Serena Deeb to get the win. I'm calling it, calling it. Now, uh, The the Professor, I just love her. She reminds me so much of Dean Malenko. It's a lazy comparison because of how they wrestle, but good Lord, does she have that intensity and the excitement that Dean Malenko brought to the WCW Cruiserweight division. CM Punk versus Wardlow. I'm really to see. CM Punk has been saying since he got there that he didn't want none of Wardlow. So this is going to be kind of cool to see that match. And Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. If you look at... This Dynamite preview, it is building up a lot around the younger talent: powerhouse Hobbs, Dante Martin, uh, Sammy Guevara, Daniel Daniel Garcia, Wardlow. I mean, you would consider that like the young talent in AEW, and then you got a really strong women's division match. And they always seem to add one or two pieces to uh, fill out Dynamite on the on that Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to the two matches that they add. But this is going to be more of a a regular dynamite so whatever number comes out thursday at one o'clock or two o'clock or whenever it comes out is going to be probably the normal number you're going to see from dynamite on tbs so i'm hoping it's a strong number already gave the news and notes about everybody that's quarantining uh found out today from uh uh found out today from our lucha professor mr jr he said uh tony khan's planning a hip-hop album i was like what the hell he's like you haven't heard about it i was like no and it did it took me a moment to realize this shit what he was talking about is real mark henry says AEW is releasing a hip-hop compilation for black history month from mikey ruckus some context. This has been in the works for a while. To give a better understanding, I've assembled many familiar producers, musicians, rapper, artists within our pro wrestling space to come together and make amazing music that tells the story of our black talent. This is a celebration of black excellence. It is pure, authentic storytelling. Each star getting an original song written about their come-up. We will press a limited commemorative CD for purchase with 100% of the proceeds going to charity. You will hear music made by the following. And then he tagged uh, Leo Rush. Can can I go through it? I mean, if you want to.
2: Okay, so um, I'm going to give a shout-out real quickly. Um, This Savannah Golf from WrestlingRepublic.com, she did an article specifically about this, so I want to shout her out because I'm using this article for uh, my notes so some of the artists that you will see, um, names include uh, Mega Ran, Omega Sparks, Brinson, Blake, Bliz, Sir Tizzy, Cutright, Shokus Apollo, Mont e- Easy, as well as FIFA, Grap podcasters, Will Washington, and Righteous Reg. Um, these, um, and some of the names you mentioned that are tagged Jay Lito, Mark Henry, um, as well. So this is going to be one of the things I will say is when this first came out, and I'm really as a Mexican trying to talk about um, div- diversity that is not from his from his own culture. I'm trying to you know make sure I, I say everything that is correct. I don't want to talk it out of line, but there had seemed to be some. Um, you know, at first, like, wait a minute, is this pandering? Is this, you know, especially after some of the controversy that came out at the beginning of the, beginning of the month? Uh, from the information that was brought together from a number of individuals, um, including um, Will Washington as uh, from Raps, uh, from Grapsody of fivefold.com and Ruckus, this has been in the works for quite a bit, and they reached out to it. Um, I think a lot of Um, artists who in from what I've seen that have um, been a part of like I think for lack I believe the term is like for the culture movement uh, that has occurred and they really want to ensure that the work they're doing on this album is is about the culture and respecting the culture and it isn't pandering or or for it to be pandering it just from it came out just seemed like the timing seemed wait a minute are you just kind of pandering um with this but it's not and a lot of these people have um, some of these people have been outspoken in the last i think 10 or 11 days from some of the you know that controversy that that um occurred between tony Khan and big swole so i trust 100 that what they said is accurate that they really are putting a lot of work and effort to making a best possible album especially with 100 of the proceeds going to charity so um i am not a person who lives in hip-hop i am a mexican country cowboy so all my music whether in spanish or english is country but i fully support this endeavor and the artists who are behind it um so I'll, that's what I'll say, because I when I I saw it when it first came out between Mark Henry being interviewed and then uh, Mikey Ruckus doing following up with tweets as well as additional tweets for some of the artists that are part of it as well.
1: Well, I want to give a special shout out to friend of the show, one of my early uh, one of my early first guests on All Things Elite. Mr. Montesi, the dude is super talented. I've literally bought, ever since he's been on there, I've bought as much stuff as I can off Amazon forum, I've listened to his music going in the car, I'm a big fan of Montesi so I'm looking forward to it, and you know, and see what's going on, and there could be some surprises, definitely when the CD comes out, we will be doing our episode of All Things Elite, and I'm gonna get whoever I can to get on here and talk about the album, who's allowed to talk about the album, so I'm looking forward to it uh, next month, uh, like I said, I didn't even think this was real when JR told me, then I saw the list to the people, and it was just talented person after talented person after talented person after talented person. So I think this album is going to be amazing. I think even if you don't listen to hip hop, you should buy it. Uh, give it a check out. Support the artist. Support uh, the the charity it's going to. We don't even know which one it is, but AW is really good at picking worth round or worthwhile charities to support. So I'm looking forward to this going forward. I do think that is all the news we have for this week. JR, do you have any parting words, sir?
2: You know, everybody, um, it's winter and obviously as we said it earlier, but you know, this current, you know, situation um is crazy with Omicron and contagious, you know, the level of contagious it hit AEW, it's hitting different places. Just be careful, go out there, you know, obviously you people need to go to work and do stuff, but You know, practice good hygiene, you know, practice, you know, hand washing, sanitizing, wear a mask, do all that good stuff, protect yourselves. You know, we love each and every one of you and all the listeners, you know, especially the fact that I'm even asked to be a part of a show and you somehow can stand me for the time that I'm on here. Uh, I really much appreciate it and just want you guys to be safe out there in this crazy world that we live in. And as we begin a new year that is 2022.
1: Yes. I just want to say, uh, I mean, everybody listening to the show. Definitely love you. Thank you for listening. I have a friend. Uh, I've brought this up before. Uh, his name's Preston. I'm not giving his last name, of course, but he is in the hospital, in the ICU in my, uh, with COVID, and my prayers and thoughts with him. He's on a ventilator. It seems like he's hopefully getting better, but we're checking every day. The shit's real, dude. It's like, get your shot. Get, get your shot. Um, you know, take care of yourself. Uh, social distance. Mask. Go out minimally. Uh, res- and most importantly, respect what everybody's doing uh, for it as far as if there's not a meet and greets or if you see wrestlers out and they might not want to have contact with you. You, you got to understand, you know, there is a pandemic going around. And while you if you get sick or whatever maybe you work at home or something and can keep working and it's a very little inconvenience to you their job is a being around people their job is wrestling when you when they get sick they have to miss weeks interim titles are created show plans have to change lots of people are affected you know when uh, they get infected so if they're doing what they can to not get infected and it inconvenience you or make you think like they don't want to be around you i'm sorry that is the world we live in that is 2022 so you have to give them the distance have to give them no space i'm you know, like i said i'm not going to go into the or oh, they don't owe you anything i'm just like just understand what time of year we're in it, what what we're in we're all in it and we need to treat each other with respect and with that i'll leave you how i always leave you, and that is whether you are at home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place.